Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 71 of the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. And thank you so much for being here. I started this podcast in September 2020 to help listeners create their best lives, no matter where you are in your journey. And we've brought on some incredible guests along the way to help us get there. I am just so honored to be a part of this amazing community and to have gotten to know so many amazing people over the past year and a half. So if you're new here, I hope you'll stick around for a while. We are a friendly community and I can't wait to hear from you in the near future. But before we dive in, I would like to share some love for today's partner, Rent the Runway. As many of you may know by now, I am a huge Rent the Runway fan. I started my membership shortly before the pandemic, which many may think is counterintuitive, but it has actually brought me so much joy during this time. I've been able to rent everything from designer cocktail dresses to fun office looks, and I've even bought a few pieces on sale over the past two years. I love being able to rent designer pieces at just a fraction of the cost and getting to try out new looks and styles every single month. I always look forward to my next shipment. So if you're interested, listeners get a huge discount off their first month of membership by using my link in the show notes. If you're curious, I highly recommend checking them out or feel free to reach out to me with any questions you might have. Now to switch gears, I am so excited to introduce you to our guest. This week, we're chatting with Jane Stoller, who some of you might know better as Organized Jane. She is the author of Organizing for Your Lifestyle and Decluttering for Dummies, and she's passionate about helping others declutter their homes, minds, and businesses. And don't we all need that in our lives right now? When I surveyed our podcast listeners on my Instagram last month, a whopping 94% of you mentioned that decluttering was a part of your New Year's resolutions for 2022. So this episode could not come at a better time. I am definitely in that 94% as well. In our conversation, we talk about how we can tackle the most stressful areas of our homes in bite-sized pieces and how to get buy-in from the whole family, including the little ones. We also discuss how our closets can set the tone for the day and how they're part of our morning routine, how to incorporate a giving forward approach into our lives, how to organize our iPhone photos, which is a huge struggle, I think, for so many of us, some productivity tools to keep your work life more organized, and so much more. Jane shares a ton of practical tips in this interview, so you may want to get your notebook ready or give this episode a second listen. So enough from me. Without further ado, let's hear from Organized Jane. Hi, Jane. Thank you so much for joining us at Wellness and Wanderlust. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it is a delight to have you on. This is a topic that is much needed, especially at this time of the year. So before we really dive in, why don't you tell our listeners a little about you? Yes. So my name is Jane Stoller, but a lot of people call me Organized Jane because I love organizing all things, stuff, processes, mental clarity, and that's just become my brand. That is amazing. And that is something I think all of us need right now. I We were talking before the interview started about New Year's resolutions that we all have and what we're all working toward. And when I polled listeners, it was 94% of people polled said that they had some kind of organization on their New Year's resolutions for the year. So it is definitely something that is very useful for all of us. How did you first get into organizing? 
a lot of people ask me that, and I always pinpoint it back to when I was really young, around six years old, I would start organizing my stuffed animals, my books, my pet cats that would never stay put. But <laughs> really, that's I've done a lot of research now, too, on kids and their organizing habits. And they say between the ages of six and eight is when you start to have those tendencies between being organized or disorganized. So for me, it was just one of those natural things, and I just organized my whole life then from in elementary school to high school to university I helped friends to in my corporate career I was organizing people's offices, business processes, and it just became my life, but I didn't actually think I could make a business out of it until I got over that fear and just did it. That's amazing. I think that's something, honestly, that more of us need to do sometimes is to just go in and do it. But you're so passionate about it. And I think that, again, you know, based on even just the number of people that voted on that poll alone about about organizing and wanting to get more organized in the new year, I think it's something it has a lot of emotion to it. And it's something that we all really strive for. Why is organizing so important for us? You know, I think organizing is the most important thing that we overlook a lot of times. We complicate our lives. We You know, we have so many, we're so busy these days, but we forget to look at the very basics. Being organized can help you with everything in your life. It can help our kids achieve their dreams. It can help us be healthier, happier, less stressed, but we often overlook it and don't think it's that important. So I think organizing is one of the most important things we have to strip back and really look at to see how we're doing it and if we can improve certain areas of our life. I couldn't agree more. And I really love how not only do you deal with the stuff aspect of organizing, which I think is so, so important. I think our stuff holds so much energy over us. And I have a room that I feel a tightness in my chest when I walk into. But I think at the same time that you also focus on the mindset aspect and on organizing the processes in our lives, because that really is something that we're always looking to find more efficiency and better ways of doing things. And so to have someone that specializes in this, I think that is just such an important thing to have. Yeah. And my second book is Decluttering for Dummies. It's the dummy series, but I actually organized it into parts. Like you mentioned, the first part, um, the, the three chapters are all about mental decluttering because today we are so mentally distracted. The second is about stuff like every room in your home. And you mentioned you already have a stress. <laughs> if you think about a room, we all have that. And the third is about digital decluttering. So going along with those processes and, you know, when we open our computers now, we're stressed. Or our phones, if I ask someone where a photo is on their phone, they usually get stressed because they can't find it. So we've just become cluttered in all aspects. I could not agree more. And I think especially, I I know that I keep purchasing more and more iCloud storage, which could be a problem, I think, at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I think that, again, there is such a need for this, especially from the mental and digital as well. We always think about our stuff, but I think those other two aspects are very, very important and often overlooked. So we're starting a new year when this airs. We're still very early into 2022. And a lot of people have decluttering, especially as a New Year's resolution for them. So for those who are trying to figure out where to get started, I think it can be really overwhelming, especially when you're looking at an entire home or an entire computer or what have you. Where should we get started when it comes to organizing and decluttering? You know, a lot of people ask me that, and it's often the hardest part is where to start. You've just mentioned too, there was already this room in your home that's causing you a bit of stress, or maybe it's the photos in your phone. I would say something that's causing you stress that you're putting energy on or focus on is where you should start because that is where you're already losing minutes and seconds and and hours, whatever it is a day of your mental energy thinking about it. So start at that spot, which has caused you the most stress, but start small. 
I don't want you to overhaul your entire room tomorrow because likely it's not sustainable. You don't have the time. You're going to be too overwhelming. You know, set a timer 10 minutes a day, every day for the next month in that room. Start decluttering, donate one thing every time, make it just a habit. And that's how we can reduce that overwhelm of actually starting. I love that because I do think, you know, my mom always would say begun is half done. And I think that's so true that just getting started on it. And again, it's it's my guest room. It's the room that it's it's the hoarder room. The other rooms mm-hmm. are, you know, more functional. But because I don't have guests as often during COVID, especially, mm-hmm. it becomes a bit of a mess. And it's the room that I don't want to start with, but it's certainly the one that needs it the most. So I so I think that's really great advice. Do you have any other tips for kind of minimizing that overwhelm? So yes, I really like what your mom said too. Begun is already done. And I find often, especially in today's world, we are that perfectionist. We think it has to look perfect. But again, I really stick to it is set a timer, 10 minutes a day, put it in your calendar. Get, I sell these time cubes on my site called organizejane.com, or that's my site, but I sell these time cubes and they have timers on it. It's fun for the whole family. Get one of those, set a timer, start. I also say hire a coach like myself or another professional organizer to help you walk through that to get you started because we hire coaches in, you know, for fitness, for business, but often we don't hire it for things that are really causing us overwhelm. So little things like that can really get you started. Also, it sounds silly to say, but write down journal or what's causing you the stress and just two or three little things that you can do the next day to start attacking that or start working on that. I love that. I really do think that the bite-sized pieces for that make it just so much easier. And I I use the timer method for a lot of overwhelming tasks with work. So it makes a lot of sense to do it in our home lives too. Oh, 100%. I love how you mentioned you already use a timer because today we're so unfocused. We have so many tabs on our computer. We have, you know, while you listen to this podcast, you're probably doing laundry. You're probably are driving or doing this. So when we really have to focus on something, having that timer, you'll get it done faster, more efficiently and it'll just get done. Absolutely. I love that advice. And one question I do have, this this came from a listener, but I think it's an area that a lot of us really struggle with when it comes to decluttering in our homes. I think it's oftentimes the most stressful part of beginning this journey would be closets, especially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, you, do you have any tips in particular for tackling a closet? Because I think that, again, there's there's so much emotion when it comes to our clothes and all the oh. things that we stash away in there. And you know, the closet is my specialty because I say like the first step when you wake up is, you know, they always say, make your bed, you brush your teeth, but then you're actually going to your closet and it kind of sets the mood for Mm -hmm. the day. If you already waste 10 minutes a day looking for things or being stressed or not feeling like you look put together, you're not just wasting 10 minutes a day, which is essentially 60 hours a year, but you're also not showing up like the person you want to be. So there's, it's kind of a two folded approach the closet has. And that's a really important, I say, you know, to get the same process used in your closet, you can use for other areas of your home. But again, I want you to approach this like your closet is actually an efficiency tool to make you show up or who you want to show up, show up like a boss, even to your living room, whatever it may be. (laughs) But really think of that as 60 hours a year of non-wasted time. You don't want to be in there. There's so many different tricks you can use if you're really stressed about, you know, you can't get rid of anything. I suggest, you know, putting hangers the wrong way. And if it's not turned, if they don't use them once a year, that hanger will still be the opposite facing way. And you'll have proof that you haven't worn it. If you're emotionally attached to items, I would really question, okay, how many, how many items are you emotionally attached to? If it's a hundred, you probably need to streamline that down. If it's two or three, sure. Keep those. 
but we need to have some kind of balance with them. That's a good point. I was going to ask about that because we did have a listener writing in about if you're emotionally attached to something that maybe you know you need to get rid of. Is there a way to kind of get over that hurdle if it's a lot of some things? Yes. And there's a, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of keeping sentimental items, but not so many that you don't know where they are, can't find them. <laughs> you want to be able to, if something is really an emotional item, it should be front and center in your closet. You should look at it every day, even if it's a wedding dress or a special item. And if you don't have room for that item and it's stuffed away in the attic, it's probably getting wrinkled. It could be getting mice on it. You never know. And you're not actually taking care of it anyway. So mm. you want to have the proper placement for the sentimental items, maybe even display them. You know, I've had some clients who have scars from their grandma they couldn't part with. I said, put them in a frame so you can actually see them every day. Don't keep all 30 of them. Keep the one that's most sentimental and hang that one up so you can actually enjoy those pieces. That makes so much sense too, because I think we get so linear with how these pieces need to be used. And if it's something you're never going to wear, but it holds that meaning for you. I mean, yeah, mm. finding another way to display it is so powerful. And it's funny. I actually found this tip from working and interviewing a lot of men because men are actually better at this. Their sports jerseys that are signed or there's yes. significant, they actually hang them up. They don't store them in their closets. So that is an, one tip from, from men, actually. <laughs> they do that really well. But I think as women, we need to also take that. If something is very special, it should be an eye. You should be able to see it every day. But you cannot hang up 30 dresses, so you need to pick one that is the most sentimental that you want to look at every day. Absolutely. Unless you're wearing 30 dresses throughout yes, the year. Exactly. <laughs> you know. I think that makes a lot of sense. I really do think closets, and that and that is something I am perfectly guilty of myself. I mm -hmm definitely wear a lot of the same things. And I do think for women, it can be, well, for men too, but for women, especially, I think it can be emotional sometimes in a closet because if your weight fluctuates at all and you're thinking, well, maybe I'll fit into this one day, or, um, you know, you have memories around a certain piece, but oftentimes it really is just, it, it's taking away from the items that we're actually wearing. Exactly. And, yeah. And today there is so many options to sell clothes, to donate them to somebody who, like, if you really think about it as a giving forward approach, I always do that, especially when I'm attached to something. Oh, I spent lots of money on this, but I actually don't wear it. It doesn't fit me properly. Mm -hmm. Consign it. Sell it on. There's so many apps that you can use these days. Facebook Marketplace. There's lots of ways to actually turn your non-used clothes into cash or donate them to somebody who actually needs them more than you do. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it is easier to get rid of things when we know that it's going to go. So if, if it's something that we really loved, you know, obviously so, some things you find that junk in the closet where you're like, okay, toss or uh, a weak moment at Forever 21 when I was mm -hmm. in college that I can mm -hmm. definitely get rid of the item. But I think for the really nice pieces that we just know we're not going to wear, you might not have the occasion for to know that it's going to go to someone that needs it or that's really going to love and enjoy it. That makes it so much easier to get rid of giving it a home. Exactly. And that's why I really encourage everyone listening to, to have some kind of donate box or bin in your house. It can be a cardboard box that says donate on it. I sell some pretty ones on my website. Or even if you have kids to encourage them to make their own boxes, decorate them, keep them in their rooms. Because if you're constantly every day seeing a box that says donate, you're more likely to throw something in it every day or say, hey, we need to go to the shelter this week or bring it or whatever it may be. That's a really great way also to just instill that value in kids mm -hmm. and so that they know that it's important. That was something 
we didn't always do this, but sometimes if, if we had like my sister and I maybe a joint birthday party when we were kids, oftentimes my parents did give away a lot of the gifts that came in because it was just too much. We had enough. We were fine. Mm-hmm. We got to keep a few things, but to get rid of the other things that we didn't necessarily need and to know, hey, there's another child out there that is really going to love this and really needs this. I think that's such a great value to to instill in them. Oh, for sure. And today, actually, a lot of my research on my second book, Decluttering for Dummies, I did a whole chapter on kids. And I don't have kids yet, but I researched over 50 families. And the big stress for kids is they're getting a lot of stuff. And it's not even the parents that are bringing it in. It's coming home from McDonald's and they're in, <laughs> in their um, Happy Meal, from play dates, from birthday parties, from you know even their screen time. Their kids are cluttered more than ever. So it's really important that you find ways to make sure they don't have too much stuff because they're now overwhelmed as well. That's such a good point. It was something we we used to keep all of those little like Happy Meal to- – a lot of that stuff was kind of kept in a little bag to use for craft projects for school. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, if we just had them lying around the room, I mean, it's just so much. Some people go, you know, a couple of times a week, you're getting yeah. – so many toys. <laughs> yeah. And it's just also it says that there was one trick in my book that I always resonated with was that more than 10 toys around you, kids are actually, they don't know what to play with. And that causes anxiety and, you know, can lead to other things even worse, like ADHD and all of these things. So really, um, they're saying, you know, if you have kids have so many toys, put them away, let them like have only maybe 10 or less play with those for an extended period of time and then put those away, bring the new toys out. It's the overwhelm that's really causing a lot of stress these days. That makes a lot of sense. And then they end up being adults who have the same issue with getting rid of things, I think, as they as they get older. I think we had, even, even with giving stuff away, we definitely always had many children have too much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there there is that stress. And then knowing what you can get rid of and what you can't, sometimes there's stress around that too. So I, I think that's so important to be showing for kids. Yep, totally. And that's where if you can invite or enlist everybody in your family to kind of be on this decluttering mission this year, if you have kids, if you don't, if you're a partner, roommate, whatever it may be, that's really important too, because you want the decluttering mission to be throughout your house and to say why you're doing this and it will make you free up space and also bring more positive energy. You won't be cleaning that stuff you're never using and all of that stuff. That's that's a great point. I'd love to know for for parents who listen to the show or maybe they have little ones on the way and maybe they're anticipating a lot of stuff or, you know, a lot of clutter over time. What are some things that they can kind of start encouraging kids to do and how can they kind of stay a little more organized and on top of things when you are organizing for more than just yourself? Yes, that's really important to maybe have a family meeting about it and say, we'd like to get more organized because we want to be able to spend more time going to the park or maybe something that you're, that the kids actually like doing. So really give them a reward. Say, we need to be able to, we want less stuff. We want things to be more organized so we can do X, Y, and Z. Or if you have a partner, it's the same thing. Instead of saying, hey, you're always leaving a mess or there's so much stuff. Say, I want to be able to go to the movies more. And that's why this stuff could be causing us more stress and more time to clean it. So really give them a reason to start and then put a little action plan together. Say, you know what? Every Sunday morning, we're going to do a 20-minute declutter or every week we're going to do a donation bin or whatever it may be. Also with kids, it's really important too is to give them the structure or help with them in their rooms or in their entryways. Have things at eye level, hooks, 
bins, baskets, and let them know this basket is for your soccer supplies only. Make them a label. So as soon as they can get used to that, that routine, it will almost become like second nature to them. Yeah, just even having it at their level is something mm-hmm. you don't think, think about a lot, but make it accessible for them for sure. Yeah, and the habits that they instill now on their organizational, that'll go, like when I was a kid, I remember even teachers teaching us how to organize our binders based on dividers and putting labels on it. We, we kind of lost that with this digital age, but now it's really our job to teach kids how to, you know, put labels on boxes and teach them that structure from a young age. For sure. Now for adults, what are some habits? Because I think so often, and, and organizing is certainly, it's not something you can do one time and then you're done with it. And I think oftentimes we do think, well, if I declutter everything in the house, I'll get to March or whatever time in the year. If I've been really aggressive with all of these rooms and now it's going to be organized forever. But we know that we're living in the house and we're doing things every single day. You have more stuff come in and out. What are some of the habits we can cultivate so that we can stay organized year round? So the biggest one is, like you said, making it a habit. Like we brush our teeth, we make our bed, but we really, organizing should just be some of that those habits. Like every day we do a 10-minute clean or a 10-minute declutter around the house. The big ones are really to start putting it in your calendar. So at the end of my workday, whenever that is, I always have a 10-minute declutter of my computer files. And it used to be in my calendar, 10 minutes, declutter my files, and now it's a habit. But really small little things, I I love the 10 minutes like your mom said, begun and done. (laughs) (laughs) But it really is just whatever whatever you're struggling with in your organization, like put that in your calendar for a 10-minute and start that. Then I would really, as it becomes a momentum, see if you can find ways to make it more efficient. Let's say, okay, now we've got this organized. I want to actually spend more time doing this instead of cleaning or working on this. And you're going to have to change your systems. But start by putting it as a calendar invite and doing it every single day. That's such a good point. I think a lot of times if it's on the calendar, we'll do it. But if Mm -hmm. we say, I'm going to do this at some point today, it's not going to happen. Exactly. And even on your kid's calendar or if you have a family calendar, write it on there. 10-minute organizing session every single day. And that kind of makes it fun too if the whole family is doing it at the Mm -hmm. same time. Like, hey, we're going to meet back in the kitchen when this is done. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I I think that makes it a little more fun and it yeah, it makes it something that's a priority that you're actually going to do. Now, as as far as other types of organizing, because you kind of talked about how in addition to decluttering our stuff, you also focus on the mental and on the digital, which I think both are so important. What are some things we can do to, to mentally declutter? Yeah, so mental clutter is affecting our obviously our mental health. It's affecting our focus. We are more stressed than we ever have been. And we are just bombarded with so many different avenues of, you know, from emails to TV, to our phones, to people, to even in the pandemic, we've become more mentally cluttered, it seems like. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing we've already talked about is really setting that timer to get yourself a bit more focused on the task at hand. And the next thing is to really evaluate your task. So in my signature course, my first step is always I want to know what you're spending your time on because a lot of the things we're doing in a day, are they really necessary? Is it putting you to that next goal? Should you be doing it? Where should you actually be spending your time? And when I do this, it's usually, especially with a lot of people who you know work in corporate or they're spending six hours a day putting out fires on emails. So they're not working on their real stuff they should be doing because they're so cluttered. So really get some clarity on where you should be spending your time. What are your priorities? Strip it back and focus on those. 
That's so important because you're right. I am someone who I started time blocking last year just because I will be working on something. I definitely have ADHD and I will see something pop up in my email and I'll stop what I'm doing and I go to that and I'm trying to put out that fire and then something else pops up and the end of the day and I never got the thing done that I started in the beginning. So I've really had to kind of set blocks for, you know, this is when I'm going to focus on this. And I do set 30 minutes here and there of, okay, this is when I'm just going to focus on emails mm-hmm. and do some of the minutia and the stuff that I don't really want to do, but maybe some of it has to get done. But then also finding tools because sometimes there sometimes there are digital tools that make it a little bit easier. Do you have digital tools that that you like for kind of organizing your life a little more? Yeah, it really depends on the tool and, and what kind of you know. There's lots of different tools for creating task lists. There is this app that I use called Tick Tick, not TikTok, Tick Tick. <laughs> <laughs> but it really helps you organize your life in terms of creating really nice tasks, and it keeps you creative as well. So it's a nice little app you can use for to-do lists for your life or your business. I also like using email is a big thing that I think you have a business, you don't, you work for somebody, you have kids. We're getting so many emails every day. So I use Drag, which is on my Gmail system. So it's helping me get my emails a bit more organized. Those are some of the kind of tools I use on the digital side. There's also project management tools for your business. For receipts, I use an app called Neat, which helps me digitize all my receipts. So really depending on what area of your life you want to organize, I find there's so many digital tools these days that can help. I think those are all really great tips. And I I love the project management tools myself. I use Asana even for Mm -hmm. this podcast just to... My favorite, actually. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so... We started using it at work and I got annoyed in the beginning because I get kept getting tagged on everything. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you have all the subtasks. Everything is in there. For my podcast, it's just me. And so I'm not really having to tag anyone, but there's still so many subtasks that go into creating an episode. And it just keeps me honest on, have I emailed my guests? Have I, have I done this and that? And I I think, I think being able to break things into the subtasks and into the smaller things that, that go into the big project, it makes it easier to tackle the project. And it just keeps us a little bit more on top of things and aware of, of where we're at. Mm-hmm. And that's why I actually like Asana because for your life or your business, even if you have like you're organizing a soccer fundraiser, Asana is even great because if, as yeah. soon as you have different parties involved, it's nice to have some kind of software to help you and it's not complicated. And I've been on a lot of podcasts and you've done a great job organizing it. So I must say you have your, your back end of your business very organized, I can tell. Well, thank you so much. I I get hyper-organized with some of it because I know that with big tasks, it can be very easy to get overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. lose track of where you're at. And so using a tool like Asana, which is not sponsored by the way, but <laughs> but if they are listening, but yeah, using a tool like Asana is really, really helpful for me. And I can only imagine if, you know, as the show grows, if I were to bring on any kind of staff or anything like that, having that there, just, it's such a great communication tool too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now we talked a little bit about photos and I think that's something that <laughs> that's a really stressful one because you use your phone for everything. We have them on us all the time. I take some time occasionally to, to go through and delete, but there are so many things in there where we don't even know because we, we don't have photo albums the same way anymore. And maybe we should. Is there, do you have tips for what to do with the thousands of photos that we have on our phones that we may not be looking at, but God forbid we delete them? 
And you know, I think photos are really important these days because especially if you're creative or any kind of business, you actually need photos too for your, mm -hmm. your business. And that's why I think photo organizing has become kind of an important discussion in my course too. I have a bonus episode on photo organizing and I don't think it's the number. Like right now I have about 50,000, let's see the exact number. I, I don't mind, uh, 42,000, but they're all organized. Every single month I go through my photos. And if you're listening to this now, I don't want you to go back and go through your 40,000 photos or however many you have on your phone, but I want you to start this month. And I want you to have a monthly photo organizing date with yourself. Put it in your calendar, grab a glass of wine, and the previous month, I want you to go back. I create little um, digital covers in Canva, but you don't have to. You just create some kind of album. If you did, you know, a kid's birthday party, create a little separate album for that. Every single month, make it a priority to organize those photos. I also use the app called Gemini. And that app, it, it actually goes through your photos and it goes and it tells you how many duplicates you have and it picks the best one to keep which is great. It also tells you how many blurry ones you have or to focus and ask if you want to delete them. So that's a really great tool. That is such a cool tool. I'm definitely going to have to look into it. I had not heard of Gemini before, but I love the idea of these monthly photo organizing dates mm. because I, yeah, I, I'll go through my phone and I'll find so many, even just screenshots of Instagram stories that I don't need that anymore. Instagram already has that saved. Mm -hmm. And then the true photos that I have to actually go through them and see, okay, well, my eyes were closed in half of them. So we need to get rid of them. These are the photos that are really great that I can use for my website or for just to have because it's a nice memory. And yeah, to have it a little bit more organized and then I can actually find them rather than trying to, because I will sometimes go by date, but trying to remember the date can be really overwhelming too. Because with the pandemic, the years are really starting to run together, yeah, I would say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you know, I started organizing mine about six years ago monthly. And before that, I had to just, you know, I was going through a merger before I had my business and there. I didn't have a lot to do for like two months. So I actually just organize my photos at the previous years, but I don't really recommend that. <laughs> I just say start from today and everything else, the pandemic has, we've just become kind of <laughs> stressed about other things. Put that in your 2021 and below folders, kind of have it there, but starting in 2022, January 2022, February 2022, monthly photo dates going forward for the next 10, 20, 30 years, just have a monthly photo date starting this month. That is something I am definitely going to do. And I'm mm -hmm. probably, I have several people that I know that have talked about this themselves that I'm going to encourage them. Maybe we all, maybe we all try to be accountable to one another about these photo dates because I think, yeah, that can be such an overwhelming thing. And our photos should be bringing us joy. They should be nice memories or useful to us. But if we can't find them, then they're not really, they're just taking up space in the phone. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I would love to know too, because you work with so many different clients on a lot of different things. What other areas do you find people struggle in? The biggest one I've really found this year is business organizing because a lot of us have started a business during the pandemic. And as an entrepreneur, we think we have to do so many things. So mm -hmm. like my signature course is actually six steps to organize the back end of your business. That has really blown up in the last two years, especially. And also the digital side, like the photos, the email, the computer files, home offices, that's really where I've seen a lot of more consulting projects and a lot of support needed. That makes a lot of sense. And I would say, yeah, with the pandemic, especially with people either transitioning to entrepreneurship or simply working from home, I think that adds a whole different element to it as well. 
Yeah, and I've done a lot of sessions on office productivity and setting up your home office for success. And the funny thing is, our offices before the pandemic, when we used to go to an office, we had so much stuff in there. And now we've been home, we realize we don't actually need that much stuff. We need a computer, you know, some good lighting. So now I think we're getting a bit used to less stuff in our surroundings and creating that space even in your home where you can work. We're kind of changing our mindset, I think, on office stuff. Yeah, you know, it was so funny because in, you know, March 2020, I packed up my desk and I think everything fit, you know, is in maybe a backpack and a tote bag. The majority of the stuff that was in there, I never went back and got. I eventually went through some of those files and realized this is so old and it's already digitized anyway, or I don't need this and I can shred that. But it was amazing that, you know, in an entire, I did not return to the office for hybrid at all until Mm -hmm. July of 2021. So more than a year. And the fact that so much of that stuff never even got touched in that whole time had to tell me it's not that important. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's helping us in other areas of our life as well, because the less stuff we have, you know, we can actually be more efficient. It's changing our perception on things. And the pandemic, we have been shopping a lot. We have been in our homes. We've been seeing the clutter we have. We've been getting more clutter. So I think it's also being surrounded by it is also hopefully changing our mindset a bit. Absolutely. Do you have any tips for if For me personally, when I started working from home, I was working at my kitchen table. I never really set up my office space. And it's something that now that I am back hybrid um, in the new year, I actually would like to set up that space a little bit more. Do you have tips for just kind of getting your home office, any essentials for kind of getting started with that home office? Or if you do have that home office, maybe making it a little bit more efficient? Yeah. So the first thing is really finding some good lighting and like a space where you can be a little bit separated if possible because Zoom is a big is a thing now as of course it's it probably will not be going away. So just some place where you have a bit of natural light if possible, some kind of separation. And then from there, I want you to really assess what you're using every single day. Most likely it's a computer, a mouse, a notebook, one pen, not 50, but just <laughs> assess what you're using and have that really readily available. And I want you to not Think like, look at your knickknacks you have, your photos, your things you used to, you know, even the things that the pens are held in. Do you really need that? Or is it a dust magnet? Is it something that you're moving around all the time? I want you to strip your office down and just make a list. What do you use every day? And likely it's not a lot. And I always was amazed when I go into office supply rooms, how much stuff they have and they don't really need it. And it's, mm-hmm. Really, when it's not your business, you're just spending aimlessly. So at your own office, you're likely not doing that. So think about the less stuff, the more efficient you could be, the less time you'll move it, clean it, think about it. That makes a lot of sense. And I I had to laugh about the pens too, because I do like every promotional item that I get, the pens are the ones that I always keep. Mm -hmm. But so often I go in to grab a pen and of the 50... (laughs) you know, I'll I'll go and grab it and then the pen doesn't even work. And so I have to, one of my decluttering things is that regularly I have to go through the pens and see if they even write anymore because they're just, they dry up and there are so many of them. But that's, that's one of those weird things that I end up with way too much of. So I thought that was kind of funny too. Well, I always say there's like, to determine sometimes if you're an office clutter bug or whatnot, if you have 50, if you always have like 50 pens, but when you need one, they never work. (laughs) (laughs) So I I try and have one good quality pen and and one backup and that's it. That makes a lot of sense. I, I I think that's a much better idea because yeah, otherwise you really are 
searching and searching and just getting angry writing on the mm-hmm. piece of paper and yeah. Yep, exactly. So those are little things, but the little things add up. And, you know, from the paper clips, the staplers, the excess amount of paper, the more minimalist your office can be, the more focus I should say you're going to be on your task at hand. That makes a lot of sense and definitely something I'm looking to cultivate a little more. I got lucky with my office space because after the pandemic, or not after the pandemic, but after returning to a hybrid model, they had restructured the area. So I had brought everything home. So I had some say in what came back. And so there's less of what there had been, but it was amazing how probably one full bin of knickknacks and things are you know completely gone or donated at this point. Yeah. And I, I think knickknacks are a big problem too, because they're the mm-hmm. things that we, we think, oh, it's not a big deal. They're just little, you know, they put them there, but that's actually, it's still a, a second, two seconds a day or more where, you know, it's, it's in our focus line. And I would, I'm, I'm not a big knickknack person. I never have been. And I think it's really helped me keep my focus. So listeners, if you're buying someone a gift, <laughs> no, maybe hold off. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Especially the gift thing, because we we don't need to be buying so many gifts and the knickknacks are, are, they're useless. So I I try to avoid them. Yeah. My family, we're really starting to try and do more of like the consumables for gifts because Mm. otherwise I get so overwhelmed. We have several family members that had had moved and you end up inheriting all of, you know, this stuff when people are moving spaces, but somebody else's, I hate to say, and sometimes it's even nice stuff, but it's just too much. And that was something for me, I found that I didn't even have a particular style when it came to, you know, how I set up my home because so much was hand-me-down and all of that. And so looking at some of the gifts that and hand-me-downs and whatnot that kind of came in and realizing that your home should be your home and should have your style and doesn't need to have every single thing that everybody in your family has owned for the last however many years too. Oh, exactly. And I really liked how you mentioned your family is making the decision because it's a great Mm -hmm. thing to talk about that around gift giving. We just, you know, Christmas was two months ago and we really need to think about the stuff that we're giving and also receiving. And is there a way to change that? Mm -hmm. Because we're a consumerist society in North America and we're just we just feel like we always need to be shopping, shopping, but that stuff is just coming into our home and, and causing more stress. Yeah. I really try to think now when I'm getting somebody in the family or really a friend as well, but when I'm getting somebody something, is this something that we're going to consume? Is there mm-hmm. a use for it? Is it solving a problem or yep. is it just some cute little thing that says something on it that's kind of funny and it's going to take up space on the desk or on a shelf or something like that? So I'm trying to, I think we're all in my family trying to be a lot more intentional with that. Yep. And that's, I'm so happy to hear that. I've been really promoting that, especially over the holidays. I try to promote mm-hmm. that because that's when so much more stuff comes in. And especially if you have kids too, they, they have, they get so much stuff. So I think it's important that we reiterate that and just be more intentional with our shopping for ourselves and for others. And to not think of your home as, you know, people talk about, you know, you don't want to eat everything in sight because it's there because you don't want to treat your body like a garbage can. And it's kind of the same thing with your home. You don't want to just put everything because there's a little bit of space for it and fill it up to the brim. One of my favorite writers, Gretchen Rubin, had written a little bit about organizing. And one of the things she said was how nice it is to have an empty shelf. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how nice would that be? I don't think yeah. I have one, but or an empty drawer and have like a little bit of that unrealized space and how calm it is. Because if I have a ton of stuff out, like if I see an almost empty shelf or something 
that doesn't have a whole lot on it. I just, my mind is a lot calmer. Yeah. And uh, I know she's big on happiness and calm mm -hmm. and it's the same thing. The less stuff, the happier we actually are, even though we, you know, when we're stressed or sad, we go shopping, even though that does, that's a probably a band-aid approach. 100%. I could not agree more. I think that all of this is so helpful, I think, in so many different areas of our lives because we are focusing not only on, again, the physical clutter, but the mental clutter. And I think the the effect that the physical clutter has on us, because again, as I said, when I go in that guest room, I feel like something is sitting on my chest. And that's not a feeling we want to have in our homes or really anywhere. So I, I think that these are all really important and actionable tips that all of us need to be starting to take into account, especially, again, the photo organizing. That's something I'm planning to. I really, that's the one thing I really want to promote this year is because we're just letting it go too much now. So it's just start this year. Don't worry about the rest. But, you know, I, I make albums. I have an iPhone. It's super easy to do that. But whatever mm -hmm. phone you have or platform, just start this month, every month, organizing your photos and you'll at the end of the year, you'll be so proud when you want to show from, you know, your last birthday party or project, whatever it may be. That's the one really big tip I would like to leave. I love that. I think, again, I think that's so important. And that's actually been one of my goals for the last couple of years to figure out what is something meaningful I can do with my photos. Mm -hmm. And that's it. <laughs> that is it. Yeah, it really is. And it's the one thing we actually, we take photos every day, but we don't organize them. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's quite funny. And we look at our phones every day. Photos have become our life, but it's the one thing we've never thought to organize. 100%. I, I think that that is such a valuable tip and something that probably every single person listening could stand to, you know, set up those photo organizing dates for themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. Yep. Or do it with a friend, have a glass of wine, whatever it may be, but really make it a consistent date every month this year. I love that. I'm going to schedule that when we <laughs> when we get off our call. I love that. And tag me on Instagram and organize Jane. I'd love to see it. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now tell me a little bit more about your books and the courses you offer and any products to share with our listeners. Yeah. So I have two books. My first book um, was self-published, Organizing for Your Lifestyle. It's really about organizing different areas of your home and stuff. And it was written just as a passion project, but it helped propel my business. And my second book is Decluttering for Dummies. It's the Dummy series by Wiley Publishing. So the Dummies is a really, they're great books for reference books because they give you, you know, you don't have to read the whole thing cover to cover, but you take what you need, whether it's the stuff or the mental decluttering or the digital side. There's a, there's a whole chapter on photo organizing, both digital and printed copies in there. So those are really where I have all of my tips. I do run a signature course, which is my business booster course for mostly business owners on how to get their business organized. Organized. And I also do one-on-one -on -one consultations on a variety of different topics from decluttering your office and speaking events, things like that. But you'll find me mostly on Instagram, Organize Jane, and on my website. Perfect. And now before I let you go, I would love to ask you some of our rapid fire questions yes, as well. I would love that. Wonderful. So my first question is, what is your top wellness tip? Sleep. Yes. <laughs> Organize your sleep. We often forget that. We often just go to bed or we don't have a nice organized room, bedroom. Yeah. Do you have any tips for making that a little more conducive for that? The, like your bedroom should be for sleeping and whatever other um, adult activity, but that's it. <laughs> Nothing else. We've yeah. Too often we put too much stuff in our rooms. It should be really minimal, your bedroom. Love that. That is so true. Now, where is your favorite travel destination? 
such a tough question, but right now I'm really enjoying Mexico. I'm in Cabo mm. San Lucas and I'm having a retreat here in April. I'm just enjoying the culture here and I love it. Oh my gosh. I, I need to go. That sounds just beautiful, especially this time of year. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's just very happy here and beautiful climate. So I love it. That's, that's lovely. Now, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Well, the dogs, because dogs have the best lives these days. They yes. sleep in their beds. They get the best food. They like, they're basically humans. I just, I love dogs and I would love to be a dog someday. Oh, yes. I, I always say that I would love to be one of my parents' dogs. Yes. <laughs> because they're so spoiled. They get the best food. They have comfy blankets and they got these really nice dog beds for Christmas too. And they mm -hmm. just look so cozy all the time. Yep. And going on runs and walks. Yeah, that's a great answer. If you could master a completely new skill, what would that be? Coding. Like I think computers Ooh. are so important these days. So I'd love to learn more about that. That is a great one. I wish, and all the kids now are learning it in school, you know, in like kindergarten even. Yeah, it's quite funny. It's become the new trade, I think, or something. We've really, it's, it's becoming important. For sure. That's something I definitely want to learn as well. And finally, what's next for you on your bucket list? My third book. Can you tell us a little more about what we can expect? You know, it's um, being pitched right now, but it's really on more... It's going to still be businessy, but a little business and lifestyle. So really, it's going to be about my six steps on how to organize your business and, and life based on like tasks and processes and just to really be a simple book, but just to organize your entire life. I love, I think we all could use that, that edit, you know, yeah. I think that that sounds absolutely amazing. And we will definitely have to have you on to talk all about that when, when your book comes out too. Cause I, yes, I can't wait. Yes. That is, that is absolutely amazing. Jane, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing with us today. Is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know? No, we've covered a lot today. Don't get overwhelmed. Start small, 10 minutes a day. And, you know, if you need an accountability coach or whatever it is, just uh, send me a direct message or an email on my, from my website. I'd love to help you out, even just to be there to, you know, if, if you need support or a resource, but you're not alone. We're all here to kind of get organized together. I love that. And I will make sure to link all of your information in the show notes. So thank you again so much for coming on today. Perfect. Well, thank you. And I can't wait to listen to the episode and see any of the, any of the questions and comments that come back from it. This was such a fun conversation, and I took away so many helpful tips. This week, I actually set aside an hour to do a little iPhone organizing while The Bachelor was on in the background. I found a few photos that I had actually been looking for, but I also managed to delete about a thousand unnecessary screenshots, selfies, Instagram stories, and photo duplicates in that time which makes things a little less overwhelming. So I'm definitely going to make this a habit every month and really dig in to get those photos organized so I can actually find what I'm looking for. I am also really proud to share that I've been slowly working on decluttering my guest room, which is the room that stresses me out most in my home. I've talked about it before actually on the podcast. And while it's not in the most amazing shape just yet, I have made a huge dent, especially with the closet space. I know that the state of our homes can often reflect the state of our overall being. So I hope that everyone listening was able to take away a few action items to declutter your mind and get rid of some of the overwhelm. I've linked all of Jane's information in the show notes so that you can connect with her, check out her books, and learn more. So I want to thank you all for tuning in this week, for being a part of this community. 
And of course, if you have a topic you'd like us to explore in a future episode or a guest in mind, or you yourself would like to be a guest, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. My Instagram handle is wellness and wanderlust blog. I do read my DMs or you can email me at Valerie at wellness and wanderlust.net. One of the best ways you can lend your support to the show is to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in from. You may not know this, but Spotify is now also allowing listeners to start rating the podcasts that they listen to. So if you're a Spotify listener, please feel free to leave that rating. It really does help others find the show and it really makes my day as well. So if you find yourself tuning in from week to week and you enjoy the show, I would so love to hear what you think. I hope you all have a wonderful day and I cannot wait to see you next week.